and I really wanted fantasy, urban fantasy, with a little bit better respect for actually trying to stay inside the lines of the what was set up. If we're going to be working with law enforcement, we can't be going off the books all the time. Welcome to Monster Complex. I'm Will Christopher, editor of MonsterComplex.com. If you're a monster fan or a monster hunter, then you're in the right place. Monster Complex is devoted to monster fiction in all its forms, from books to movies to TV and other media, from Frankenstein to Godzilla, Buffy to X-Files, Ultraman to Hellboy. Stick around for author interviews, lists, special features, and more. Author N.E. Connolly writes three series that combine elements of magic and the fantastical with procedural stories. The Witch's Path series, Kelsey Pine, Urban Necromancer, and The Earthborn Cycle. Her latest book in the Witch's Path series is A Witch's Magic. Michelle thought ridding the world of demons would return her life to the relative peace that existed before she knew demons were more than legend. Only everywhere she turns, magic seems to be going wrong. Now she's facing a trial by magic, and her future as the next premiere is in jeopardy. Is she witch enough to lead the clans? In this interview, we discuss stories set in that intersection between magic and the everyday world, what her three series have in common, and the surprising reason she began writing magic procedurals in the first place. You actually have, at least that I've seen, three series that fall somewhere on that spectrum of supernatural crime fiction, and, and not just random crime fiction, but procedurals. So what led to your fascination to mashing up these genres? I really like crime fiction in general. Uh, and in college, I, I ended up getting a degree in chemistry. And at the same time, I was watching a ton, just a ton of NCIS and Bones and stuff like that, which started out really great. And I also was reading a lot of urban fantasy, which also, I really love urban fantasy. But as this went along, and I learned more about science especially, I got really mad at all the stuff that wasn't realistic. Hmm. And I turned to that person who, like, metaphorically throws popcorn at, at the screen. And I had that same feeling about a lot of the lack of realism in how crimes were handled and how the police were handled. And I often felt like the police were often doing things that were... I don't even want to say unrealistic. Would land any normal police officer in like a maximum security jail? <laughs> and it's so far outside the law that it's not really even in the fuzzy gray area. It's not even like morally are we doing the right thing. It's like we set up a scenario where if we want a character to be, to borrow a D&D term, lawful good, and they go outside the law every time, this isn't real. This isn't actually serving the purpose that it's stated to serve. And I really wanted fantasy, urban fantasy, with a little bit better respect for actually trying to stay inside the lines of the, what was set up. If we're going to be working with law enforcement, we can't be going off the books all the time. And my, book, my characters do go off the books. I try to kind of write a better line, at least in my own head, of staying more on the side of not things that would get my characters arrested for breaking the laws they're in theory supposed to be defending. That's awesome. Let me just say that. Um, so, so what you're what you're writing then is uh, NCIS with monsters. Uh, tell me about the tell me about the monsters and the the creatures that inhabit your world. I have so many creatures and monsters. I think at last count, I had over fifty that I've actually like 
name dropped and given some attribution to in my world, which is insane. I've had to start building a database. Mm -hmm. I've got elves. I've got fae. I have dark elves. I have vampires. I've got a lot of your staples. And then I also have some more fun things like I needed an intro scene in... One of the earlier witches path books, I'm honestly stuttering to remember which one it exactly was. And so I have this really fun scene where this creature has trashed a liquor store and is causing problems. And I'm probably going to stumble over the name, but I found a Kulkurin, which is like an evil leprechaun. Hmm. And I'm probably butchering the name, but I just thought of this idea of this, like the negative attributes of the leprechaun and going on like a drunken bender in a liquor store was just so fun and all the mayhem that comes with these creatures so i've written about bugbears um now both the kilkurran and the bugbear are drawn from broadly european lore i draw a lot from european lore not exclusively by any means but i do really enjoy going back there um my family all immigrated to the u.s so it's kind of a going back to my roots thing for me and so i had so much fun i just I deep dive onto Wikipedia a lot and I start researching things. Um, I've done some like wind elemental type characters. That's been really fun to like envision if you were kind of the wind version of a nymph, what powers you would have. Um, I've got some dryads, especially in some of my short stories that can like grow bark along their arms and such. I haven't put them into fights yet, but I think that'd be really cool to fight a monster that could grow its own defense. Kind of like Groot. Right. Um, so I do a lot of different things, tons of different monsters. Um, lately, I've been doing more dragons. I love dragons. Who doesn't love a dragon? Okay, so what is your process? Because as you, as you were talking through that, um, it sounds like you get to a point in the story, you're like, well, I need something. How, how do you decide? What, what is that process where you're writing the story and you go, I need to put something here and you decide this is the thing that's going to fit in this space? I, I'm not sure I know. Um, so when I was writing Witch's Magic, I got to a point and I wanted something fun and kind of wild. And I, I had a science fair go wrong at a high school. And I don't know where I got that idea because not at any point have I been to a science fair truly like that one and definitely not with all the weird magic going wrong at it. And I, I, but I guess it's mostly like, how can I twist things that are in our world? Like, sure, science fairs go wrong, you know, two drunk people get into a fight, you know, a display gets knocked over. But what if the display getting knocked over interacts with another display instead of, you know, some crickets getting loose, we have magic gone wild. I don't know if that really answers the question. It's sort of a, a weird thing where I think of one thing that sparks a little imagination and then I kind of shake it up until I've got something really good to, to throw into a book. Right. No, that, I mean, that sounds, that sounds great. So, okay. So you, you have a story that has these, all these things going on. And as we've, as we've discussed, you're, you're actually hitting on more than one genre at a time. So how consciously are you, trying to follow the various rules versus you just sort of instinctively as a fan, you just know what you want. Doing something that's cross genre or lives in two genres was completely accidental. Mm. Um, I don't really read a lot of crime fiction. Um, 
I'm really prone to nightmares, so I try to stay away from things that'll give me nightmares. Mm-hmm. And a lot of crime fiction, I find, goes to a very dark place, and that's great for the readers who want that. Uh, my husband likes crime fiction. It's awesome. But for me, it's never been something I've been drawn towards. What really drew me was a little bit more realism in how problems were dealt with in a fantasy world. So I don't necessarily feel that I am doing this cross-genre thing, but when I've looked at it, I clearly am. Um, and I've never really, I've never really gone down and tried to figure out, okay, what would hit the procedural elements? It was an honest surprise to me when I published my first book and people were like, hey, it's procedural. And I was like, oh, is it? That's cool. I didn't mean to do that. Um, and I'm glad readers like that. I'm, I'm really glad because I get to write these awesome, fun books, but I don't, I didn't do it on purpose. If you're not doing it on purpose, uh, how often do you come to a point where you're, you find yourself uh, speculating or exploring how, because the, the laws of physics are different, that would also mean how you solve something, how you deal with situations would be different. So how much are you imagining, well, okay, let's say that a real detective is in this situation. I mean, is there, is there a lot of figuring out, figuring that out, the rules? I spend so much of my writing time actually like staring into space, trying to figure out how something would work. I um, was planning a scene for an upcoming book where I had a dragon crash onto a highway and I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out how much of the highway my dragon would cover because that actually creates the police response. That dictates how things are deployed. If you think of a plane crash, and how they respond to that. Well, how many lanes get closed? Um, do both sides of a major highway, you know, four lanes in each direction? Is it all of it? Is it part of it? Um, I live in a major city, so at one point we actually had a plane land on a highway. And so half the highway was fine. Nothing happened over there. And so I spend a huge amount of time for all of these situations where there's a lot of variables. Um, not so much for like the high school incident I referenced earlier, but for things that are more, you know, bigger impact, you know, how would we deal with this? How would we deal with what do we do with a dragon laying across a freeway? This is, this is a question that we don't in this world have an answer to. Right. And I don't really know that I get it right all the time. I just come up with what sounds good. A witch's magic then is the, the latest book, the, the most recent book in the witch's path series uh, tell us how it fits into the, the big picture of the series. A Witch's Magic is a really special book to me because I'd been with um, the main character, Michelle, for a long time by the time I wrote the seventh book. Yeah, seventh. I, I start to have to count them after a while. Um, I don't know if you do that with any of your series, but uh, she'd really grown a lot in power. And in the previous book, I'd taken almost all of her powers away, and I'd reduced her to a very, very scary point for any individual who's ever felt reduced in some way, be it injury or, you know, whatever. And I wanted to show her growth, because I kept trying. Originally, I tried to plot this book around the actual, like, police issues that were going on. And it didn't work until I went back to what was Michelle going through. And it's a transition book. It's from what she was before to what she'll become moving forward. It's regaining what she can. It's learning how to be okay with herself. It's, it's kind of figuring out her 
her actual path, not to play a pun off the, t- the, the series title. Um, but it's, it's really about very human questions of what do you do when you feel like everything's kind of gotten run through a blunder. Part of her journey in this latest book is that she is, I'm trying to think how to describe this. Um, she, she has chosen to, to, to be the head of the witches, I guess is the way to say it, right? Is that yeah. the way to say it? So, and it becomes, polit- it becomes a political book. It becomes, she's having to now navigate the politics of yeah. the- So what inspired that situation? That was both accidental and in the end, very on purpose. I wrote her outside the clan structure in the first book with the idea that I would have, I could avoid politics and it simply didn't work. Um, she did things that were too powerful, too noticeable. She was never going to be able to avoid being associated with a clan in the clan politics. And so as it developed, it got to a point where I needed to have a book where we settled some of these issues a little bit more finally, or as finally as it can for now. And that's really what it came to is we kept having clan issues crop up and be part of a book here and part of a book there until it just, it had to happen. There had to be, more come to head with her plan issues and the different parts of the very the witch societies kind of being a little at odds and how that would work out as we've touched on she lives in a world that is like our world and yet uh is obviously different so how how similar is her world to the world that we see outside and how much world building did you do ahead of time versus you're figuring it out as you go as far as how similar it is i kind of tried to envision what if we kind of had magic but ended up basically with a world like we know it but slightly better i like better in fiction i think we all want hope um so i did try to envision slightly less of things that i i don't like in my fiction or i don't like in this world that was very intentional on my part um i also dislike in some fantasy how it's it features very heavily racial conflicts um for example, Bright on Netflix really features like the orc versus human conflict or different people in the orc community. And I got, I like the movie, but that part made me tired. And that make, that kind of trope makes me very tired in general. So I, I really wanted to view other parts of the world. Um, that said, we don't have a Starbucks where you can drive through and get a shot of like cheer in your and your cappuccino. So there's definitely parts I really did have to build up. Um, I built out the basis of like our world, but with magic pretty quickly. And that gave me a really solid framework for all the decisions that came later. Um, And with that came just so many decisions at book five and six and seven that I would never have envisioned at book one. And I don't know how anyone could envision that far down because at some point you're there and you're like, yeah, we'll do a, a magical Starbucks type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's was never in the plan in book one. That was, I had no idea I'd get around to doing that. So are your different series set in the same world or are they completely separate? So I have three novel series set in the same world. I have a Witch's Past series. I have the Earthborn Cycle and I have the Kelsey Pine Urban Necromancer series. And they're all in the same world. Um, they're different aspects and parts of the same world. Uh, the Witches Past series and the Earthborn series share some characters. So uh, do they team up? Is there a, a, like an endgame type deal coming? In some ways, Earthborn 
is kind of the end game of the Witch's Path series, Earthborn features on Michelle's daughter, Shasta, and her journey, and actually um, kind of what she does, which is different than what Michelle does. She's a different person. She's got different abilities. Uh, it's not quite as procedural as some of the others, um, but it's, it's really fun. It's a lot more girl power in some ways, but I, I really love her for that. I love those books for that. So the Witch's Path series um, is a series. The books, it's mm-hmm. uh, linear books, eight books. Uh, there's a eighth, the eighth book is coming out, is ready for pre-order. Um, yes. So, but you also have books listed under the header Witch's Path World. So where do they fit into the big picture? They kind of fit exactly as it says in the world. They're all short stories. Okay. So they're great like lunchtime or dinner time or whatnot reads. And they... They feature a variety of things. Two of them feature Michelle. Um, one is her first case. That's Fireball. Um, the Golden Egg takes place after a witch's demons, but before um, uh, a witch's magic. And then the other three are just other stories in the world. Handyman for Hire is about super sweet, down on his luck, uh, handyman vampire. So I, I love that. That was the first one that kicked it off. Um, Oceanside is a bit of a kind of nostalgic feel, uh, selkie romance. And then the most recent one is It's All in the Wear Pairs. And that's kind of a cute um, high school romance featuring shape-shifting pairs. Okay. And so as we just said, the eighth book is available for pre-order. Can, can you talk about it yet? Is there a non-spoiler way to tell us what, what's coming up for that? non-spoiler way to tell you is almost exactly what the description says um this it's featuring halloween and kind of all of its magical glory and i'm gonna kind of throw a full moon in there we're gonna have a friday the 13th those two might collide um last halloween i got really inspired by kind of all the hijinks around halloween and then i i really had the like staring at my work in progress and i was like what if I did the magical Halloween? This is how so many of my ideas come to me. So we're going to do the magical Halloween and all the trouble that happens and see what Michelle does and how that all works out. So Noelle, what, is, what are the best ways for people to connect with you online? Facebook, Instagram, I'm on both of those. Um, they can always drop me an email. My contact information is on my website. Another great way to keep up with what's going on. Um, I do try to respond to any messages I get, especially on Facebook. I know a lot of people use Facebook as their way to connect. And so I'm on there. And yeah, I'm not a huge social media person, but I I try to be out there. I want people to be able to find me. I love my fans. My fans are amazing. Noelle, thank you very much for being with Monster Complex. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Monster Complex. Become a Monster Complex member. Find out how to join our family at patreon.com slash monstercomplex. Subscribe to our free online magazine at monstercomplex.com. I'm Will Christopher. We'll see you again for the next episode of Monster Complex. Monster Complex.